drift coming in. Hallelujah. Is there anybody ready for the word of God today? Glory, glory. We've been in this Foundations of the Faith series and we journey to Ephesians chapter 6 and begin to share about this armor where which God has given us as children of God to act as a defense mechanism and um, an arsenal that we as children of God can do battle and wage war against the enemy. Because the reality is, if, if you may not recognize it, um, and I hope over the cup, these past couple of weeks, this have begun to um, sink into your mind, sink into your spirit, get in your belly and begin to well up in you that we have a real enemy. We have a real enemy that Jesus says that he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is not your friend, not your homie, not your road dog, not your warty. He's a real enemy. The enemy is there to harm you. God is there to help you. We have to understand as children of God that, that we cannot become relaxed, we cannot become comfortable, or else the enemy will penetrate our lives. The enemy will penetrate in our homes. The enemy will penetrate in our families, with our children, with our mind. The battle is in your head. But it's not just in your head. It's in your actions. It's in your character. It's in your integrity of how we begin to, to battle back. We begin to wage war against the enemy. I said sometimes we, as children of God, we, we know that there's an enemy. We, we have a strong sense that there is a real enemy, but all too often we just become comfortable and, and we show up to the battle, and instead of us seeing it as a battleground, we think it's a playground. We, we, we become comfortable. We become relaxed. So the word of the Lord in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 16, um, last week we began to deal with this, this dress code, if you will that Paul shared with us as children of God while he was in Roman captivity, while he was in prison, while he was jailed, while he was on house arrest, and, and he began to see the guards as they would pass by, and they were dressed in armor. And God gave him revelation that, that we, like the army, are in a battle. And we, like the army, have to come dressed for success. Because if you're going to ever succeed, if you're going to ever have victory, if you're going to ever, ever have the weapons and be able to, to stand 
firm against the enemy, you got to dress up the right way. You know there's appropriate dress for certain things you go to. You don't just go to a job interview looking any kind of way. Well, the same thing is important in spiritual warfare. We have to dress in spiritual battle array. And on last week, we began to suggest to you that, that, that it doesn't matter what come your way if we, we dress properly. You know, in the a, in a wintertime, you begin to pull out your coats. Pull out your sweaters. Then spring and summertime roll around, you put those things away. Paul talks about putting on and putting off. We ought to put on the, the armor of God that we may be able to withstand the wiles, the schemes, the strategies of the enemy who comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He goes around like a roaring lion. He is not a lion, but he goes around perpetrating to be one, seeking whom he might be able to devour. And if we be honest with ourselves, every now and then the enemy has come in and devoured us. Ruthlessly and tore things apart. We're fighting with one another. We're fighting against our family. We're fighting against our friends. We're fighting against those that are there to help us because we think that the war is against flesh and blood, but the battle is not against flesh, but against principalities and powers and wickedness in the heavenly places. The war is not sitting next to you. God, the, the, the enemy uses people, but they're not your enemy. They're simply influenced by the enemy. Let's look at the text. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You cannot do this on your own. You have to do this in the power of the Lord. Not by power or might, but by his spirit. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, again, he, he keeps repeating himself, therefore do what? Because we have a real enemy who's coming after us. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, the whole armor, not part of it. We cannot be partial. Do you not know partial disobedience is still disobedience? We become partial when it comes to the word of God. No, you, you got to have all the word. All scripture is God-breathed, inspired by the Holy Spirit, and is good for correction, teaching, and training in righteousness so that the children of God might be built up in their most holy faith. All the word. Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything. Anybody that did everything before they figured out, I need to turn to Jesus I, I, I made more of a mess out of this thing. And, and now, now all of a sudden I want God to fix it. Fix it, Jesus. 
fix it right away. We, it, it, it'll take years of you getting into the trouble, getting into the struggle. Then all of a sudden we come down to the altar and we expect God to cancel it out, what? Right away. <laughs> no. After you done did everything you could do, <laughs> you, you, there may be some repercussions. <laughs> Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition, now everything else leading up to here, what, what Paul is telling us, is we have to put on some things. These things are fitted on you for close up combat. However, these things are not your first line of defense. No, no it, it's, you got to have the breastplate of righteousness. You got to put on the belt of truth. No, no doubt, you got to have your feet fitted with the gospel of peace. But that's, that's for when the enemy gets up close and personal, but it's not your first line of defense. Your first line of defense, he says, in addition to all this. Matter of fact, the King James Version says, above all. Everything he had just said, he said, above all. It's not saying that what he's getting ready to say is more important than the rest, but he's saying this encompasses everything else. You've got to have a sure faith. A sure faith. He says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. You're not putting it on. You've got to take it up. You've got to take it up. You've got to lift it up. You've got to lift up your faith. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Jesus was hanging on the cross, and I know we get this image that his hands were straight out, but his body had slumped. And the, and the spikes was in right here. This is considered the hand, but it's the wrist. So his body had slumped, his, and he was down like this. And his hands were up in a V position. Victory. You got to lift up. You got to lift up. The, 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 the term in, in, in worship and in praise, when we talk about Shabbat the Lord, when we talk about Todah, Todah means to throw off. You got to release some things. You got to release some things. When you're lifting your hand, you, it's a sign of victory, but it's also a sign of surrender. So you're letting go of some things. You, you, you're throwing it off. And when you throw it off, you throw off the enemy. When you throw your troubles off, you throw the enemy off because the enemy specializes in your trouble. But we have to learn how to trouble our trouble. So to throw the enemy off, the way we trouble our trouble is we put on the full armor of God. We pray we have a sure faith that becomes the foundation and we will be steadfast and unmovable always, Paul says, abounding in the work of the Lord. Listen, listen, here it is. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Some of us are in school right now. We're taking up something. You're, 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 you're studying a specialty. You're studying a specialty. In life, to conquer 
in life. The Bible says we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Another version says you are super conqueror. So you, you, you specialize in faith. See, we, we try to specialize in our studies. Nothing wrong with that. Get your skills for the world, but put on your natural some super. You got to specialize in the faith. When you get a specialty, you're, you, it's an intense study. The thing about the shield of faith, what we're about to learn, is that the shield of faith was the first line of defense. The, the, the soldier could hold it up. It did not matter where the spears or the darts was coming from. You could lean the, 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 the shield in any direction in any direction. No matter where they come, you can hold it up. You can bring it down. You can turn it to the left. You can turn it to the right. No matter what come your way. The faith have a specialty to combat that. I don't care if your issue is lying. It's got a specialty to combat that in the faith. I don't care if your issue is adultery. The Bible got a specialty to combat that. You got to take it up though. You got to take the course. You got to take the course. How, how many of you feel like you're being tested? You're being tested. That's, that's why it says in James, the testing of your faith produces within you perseverance. And when, when it's done with you, it will produce within you character. In other words, the, the trying of your faith. A test comes to show, watch this, a teacher is not mad at you because they give you a test. No, they're, they're not mad at you. No, they, they're testing to see where you are deficient at. Okay, uh, those clothes you got on go through an inspection to see if there's some deficiencies, some defects in it. And, and sometimes when they're defective, they got places they send defective material to. TJ Maxx, Marshalls. That's, that's stuff that didn't, you know, it, it, it was irregular. It didn't pass all the inspection. Okay, the car you drove here in, before it comes off, when it comes off the assembly line, they take it through another series of tests to drive it to see if it's defective, if it's deficient in any particular area. And oftentimes, it'll, it, it'll pass and they miss something. And when they miss something, oh, over a period of time, you, drivers recognize that the similar thing is happening in their vehicle that's happening in others. And before long, the, the company gets wind of it and they, they do what is called a recall. They do a recall. It, because something got through the test. Now, don't, don't act like some of y'all ain't never got through some tests and by the, um, this, 
Like, I don't, I don't know how I passed that one. <laughs> I didn't even know it. I'm so glad that, that um, Cheryl was sitting next to me and I could see on her paper. <laughs> and some of us been passing tests because of who we've been linked up to. But some of us have gotten through and really didn't get everything we need and God is doing a recall. And when they do a recall, they call you back in for service. And God's doing some recall. Some areas in our life that's defective, that's deficient, that God has to do a recall. You know what it is. Don't let me call it out. <laughs> it, maybe it's your ignition. You can't get started in the morning. It, I just can't get cranked up in the morning. It's my ignition. Maybe, it's you, maybe your brake lines are a little corroded and after a few years of dealing with the snow, your brake lines go bad and, 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 and you just can't stop. You can't brake. Everything, you pull up to the table, you can't brake from eating. See somebody cute, you just can't brake. And, and you need a recall. Need a recall. Back to God's word. The shield, the shield of faith. I done got way off, y'all. I done got way off. The shield of faith. He says, in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. That's how I know that it doesn't matter what's defective and deficient in your life. God can give you victory over it. Doesn't matter what flaming dart comes your way. You may, you may not choose to take it in. Because Sharon, Sharon I got a recall notice from my car, and she's been asking me for months, uh, well, have you called the people to take the car in? And I, I look down like, no. <laughs> got a recall. Matter of fact, the thing with the recall is they'll do the work, and the work can cost thousands of dollars, and they'll do it for free. Why? Because there's been a recall. And God has done a recall in our life, and it ain't going to cost you nothing to fix you up, to get you back on track. No cost, no charge. Don't you like that type of hookup? <laughs> I, that's a real good hookup. No charge, baby, please. I can do that. <laughs> I know I go out to IHOP when they're giving away them free pancakes. Okay, where am I at? Lord, help us. Lord, help us. What, what, what is faith? What is faith? Faith is defined as what? He, he, here's the word of God. Faith defined, Hebrews 11 says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. That it will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. King James Version says, hope, hope, faith, now faith, now faith is things hoped for that we, we have not, we, we can see it with our eyes, but we're keeping the faith. Yeah. I'm trusting that it will manifest. And when you read throughout Hebrews 11, there are some people who died yet trusting and believing in God. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. 
So I don't have to see it yet, but I'm still believing. I ain't got my healing, but I'm believing God. I, I ain't got my breakthrough, but I'm believing God. I, I, I ain't got the car, I ain't got the house, I ain't got the promotion, but I'm yet trusting in God. Amen? Is there anybody who still has some, some now faith? Some now faith? Some anyhow faith? It, folks be like, well, well, it ain't happened yet. You say anyhow, well, I don't care. Faith, the confidence, it is, it is total dependency. Dependence. You, in other words, you got to take your dependence off of you. From day to day, I, I can't trust me. <laughs> I could trust him. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I can trust him. He has a proven track record that he'll do just what he says. Throughout the ages of, of time, throughout, he's the rock of ages. He's proven that he's able to do more than we can imagine. Amen? So it's confidence. It's having total dependence, waiting and trusting on in God. They that wait upon the Lord, the Bible says, shall renew their strength. See, you stop waiting and you wonder why you're depleted. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Watch this. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. In other words, you're going to soar over your trouble. You're going to soar over your tribulation. You're going to soar over your pain. They mount up on wings as eagles. That's some stuff. You, you ought to, some of that stuff you ought to be like... No, that's down there. I, I'm not going to let that pull me down to its level because you soar. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Not faint. Don't grow weary, it says in Thessalonians. Don't grow weary in, in doing good for in due season. You shall reap if... Here it is, you faint not. If you faint not. In other words, it's conditional. There's some stuff you fainted on and you got to go back for. If you faint not. So, so, so that's faith defined. It's total dependence on God, even when I cannot see it. But there are some faith delusions. Some people in the faith, they're delusional. Y'all know them delusional people. You know, uh, we, we, there, there have been times I, I've learned in, in my faith that, that faith is not an experience. And too many people have banked their faith on an experience, a move of God. And they come back week after week expecting to have the same experience they had last week and they think if they didn't have the experience something happened within the framework of their faith faith is not an experience but faith is a journey sometimes on this journey there are winding roads sometimes on this journey there are bumps sometimes on this journey there are some potholes it's a journey not an experience. If you think you got it figured all out now, 
He says, the, the song that says you'll understand it better by and by, what it was really saying, it, it comes from um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, um, when it, it's, it's the love chapter, but he, he jumps down at the end of the chapter and begin to deal with this thing of faith. He says, we know in part. And there are some folk who think they know it all. And when you think you know it all in this faith journey, not because you had an experience, because you had an experience, now you think you, you, you know two or three scriptures. But you won't wield the shield toward other areas in your life because you had, be careful those who think they stand lest they fall. It's a journey, it's a journey. We're delusional sometimes when it comes to faith. There are moments where I have to be honest. I, I've been holy. I was walking on clouds. I was in the third heaven like Paul and had it all together. Anybody ever felt like that before in their life? Like, man, I'm doing good. I, I ain't doing so bad. I'm all right in my faith. And then there are some times, boy, it moved from being holy just simply trying to hold on. Just, I'm, folks ask you how you're doing. I'm, I'm just holding on. I'm, I'm yet holding on. I'm, 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 I'm hanging in there. I'm <laughs> because the happenings begin to affect my happiness. We don't have it all, but we got to know where to turn to. So, so we cannot become delusional in our faith. What are some of these delusional myths that we get into? Uh, the Bible said, uh, some, some of us think that the faith guarantees us ease. <laughs> we think it guarantees us ease. And I go to church, all my troubles will be over in heaven. <laughs> no more suffering. No more loss. That, there'll be a day. There will be a day. See, see we, we think that faith, although it's a shield, you ever watch Star Trek? And when the enemy began to come, they, they, they would tell the people at the board to put, put up the force field to shield them. But every now and then, they, the enemy would penetrate the force field. And that's, the shield is the thing, it's your first line of defense, but you, you have to have the armor on to protect your chest, to protect your head, to, to protect things for when the enemy penetrates beyond the shield and he, he becomes, to, he, he gets so close that he can do hand-to-hand -hand combat with you. Some of y'all are in an up-close battle and you're duking it out with the devil. Because he has penetrated the forest field, the shield. How, how do we penetrate the shield? Because we think faith is about ease, about comfortability. But he says, what he began in you, he will carry it to completion. It's not done yet. You got to keep the faith. Time and time again in the Bible, it says, keep the faith. Keep the faith. All right? Think it guarantees ease. Here, here's some scripture verses to help you out with that one. 1 Peter 5, 7, and 8, he says, cast all your anxiety, your cares, your anxiety, your troubles. See, last week I preached that this week I want to give you some text to support this thing. So 
He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. He, he's talking to the church, not the unbeliever. He's saying, you, you're going to have some times where worry will try to affect you and get the best of your life. He says, be self-controlled and alert. Be sober. Be vigilant. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, see, y'all didn't know this was in the same context of your troubles, huh? Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. There it is. You, you got to resist. There's some stuff you just haven't resisted. R resist him standing firm in what? There it is. In your faith. Stand firm in your faith because you know. You, you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. Let, let me help somebody here. Let me help somebody here. You're not the only person that got some trouble. Sometimes the way to trouble your trouble is to help somebody else and stop waddling in your worst. Stop being woe is me. Like I'm the only. Somebody else needs some encouragement. Come on, there. Sometimes there, there are people who they're consumed with, with their issue to the degree they can't minister to someone else. He says, know that your brothers throughout the world are un undergoing the same kind of sufferings. He's not saying have a pity party, but don't act like you by yourself. And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have, here it is, suffered for a little while. See, some of us prolong our suffering by this. 